He'll throw it back. Touchdown! Weinholt with the kill. And Warner wins the set. Fade away! Welcome to another edition of In Play. I'm Craig Maddock. Sometimes it takes some time to realize how good a team or a player was. You know, we get caught up in their play at that time, and maybe we just take it for granted at that time, and we really don't know what we're seeing until it's over. Do you know it's been 20 years since 111? 111 or 111. I like 111, the phrase, and it's an event which I believe will never happen again. Today on In Play, the 111-game win streak over five years in the making by the Roosevelt Rough Rider girls basketball team. 111 straight wins, five straight state championships, a win in Beaverton, Oregon in 99 at the Northwest Holiday Hoop Fest. Our guest today will include former coaches and players of that unbelievable run by the Riders. Of course, Fred Tibbetts was the head coach, started at Roosevelt in 1994 after a successful run at Jefferson, where he won five titles. He even had a win streak at Jefferson of 67 games. But 1995 to 2005, Fred was at Roosevelt. And, of course, Fred passed away in 2008 of cancer at the age of 59. One of his longtime assistants, Larry Toft, he joins us now on In Play. Larry, thanks for joining us. You know, when Fred was at Jefferson and he was having all of that success, what were you doing? I was coaching basketball. I um, started out over at Montrose and the old Irish teams, and uh, and uh, then I wandered up towards Egan, and I was a Blue Jay for quite a while, and and uh, I always thought, you know, if I ever uh, got out of head coaching, and that it'd be nice to be an assistant coach, and uh, you know, I met Fred in college and everything, and and uh, lo and behold, I was trying to get a job teaching in Sioux Falls, and um, I ended up doing a whole lot of substitute teaching at Roosevelt. And uh, one afternoon, Fred came up to me and he said, Hey, how would you like to be my freshman basketball coach? And I said, yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. And that's kind of where, where it all got going. Was that in 1994, Fred's first year? No, that was not 1996. Okay. Because I know that 94, his first year at Rosie, was, was not very good. He, he went 4-16 yeah, and 16 yeah. at Roosevelt. Yeah. He, he came up to me, and, he, and it was actually kind of weird because he says, I, I'm going to need a new coach. <laughs> and uh, I, didn't, I didn't know what the reason was behind that, and I never really did find out. But it didn't take me very doggone long to, uh, to accept that role and uh, – and Fred, Fred pretty much took care of it for me. I didn't have much of an interview or anything. He just said, you know what, I want this guy to have the job, and and uh, that'll be the way it's going to be. So, <laughs> well, What was it about Fred? I mean, you knew him as, you know, in college and a longtime friend. What was it about Fred that made him the way he was with, with basketball? Well, he was very loyal. Um, you know, he, he didn't always want you to – he didn't want you to agree 
with him all the time. He, he wanted you to coach. Um, and most of all, kids worked hard for him because he worked hard for everybody. And, you know, he, he like any coach did, he cared a lot about kids. He, you know, there were, there were times when we would just, uh, it could be right in the middle of a practice. And Fred would decide that it was time to just sit and talk about life, you know. And uh, I think that the kids that he was able to coach learned more about living uh, life and, and just enjoying it. Um, and a lot more than basketball. But either loved him or, or he didn't like him very well. But uh, I think deep down inside, you know, all of the kids that he's coached over the years, you know, um, I, I tell you what, uh, they, they became friends. And um, he was like a, a father figure. I'm sure that they could call him if they had any problems or anything. He, and he followed their lives, too. So he was more than just a basketball coach. He was a lot of different things, but a lot of great things. That first year at Roosevelt, again, it was not very good, was 4-16. and 16, But then after that, boy, the success really started to get going. And the next year in 95, uh, Roosevelt made it to the semifinals but lost to Mitchell. A year later, the Riders were undefeated but lost to Yankton in the finals in the championship game. And then the streak begins in the middle of the 1997 season and ran for five years. What was it about those players you know, maybe beginning in 96, once you got there, uh, what was it about the players and, and the kind of players that Roosevelt had? Well, I tell you what, uh, any good coach will tell you that, that you need, you need good kids. You need, you need kids that are willing to buy into whatever you're coaching. And, uh, and it really helps, you know, uh, Craig, I've noticed over the years that if you've got kids with a lot of talent, he ended up looking like a pretty darn good coach. And we were really, really fortunate. We had kids coming to Roosevelt. And uh, people always accused uh, Fred of uh, recruiting. But these kids, these kids are Roosevelt kids. And, um, you know, it, it just started out. There was a, a, a group that came in and bought into everything. They wanted to win. They wanted to listen to, to Fred. and. Um, our practices, honestly, the practices that we had a lot of times were harder than the games because we had so much competition. You know, I mean, we had years where the JV and sophomore teams um, were, were every bit as good as some of the teams that we played. And it wasn't so much great coaching. It was just kids that were talented. And listened to what you said and had parents that allowed us if the kids weren't actually um, doing exactly what we thought that they should be doing or doing it as good as they could be doing it, then it was okay if we got after them a little bit. And um, I think that was a big part of the streak. And the kids, you know, they didn't want to lose. And as the streak went on, the pressure built, you know, towards by the by getting closer where it was to the end of it, you know, there was just, I, I can't tell you the, the pressure that the kids felt. Uh, but 
it was a ride that uh, I I just can't see it ever happening again. Starting the streak, uh, I, I I don't. What, Mandy Campbell was she on that team at that time? In fact, she was she was starting or playing for you as an eighth grader at that time. Yeah, Mandy and Krista. Um, yeah, they were all playing, and I, if I remember correctly, there was a kid by the name of Renee Lukey, mm-hmm. and it seems to me. That she well, she was the last eighth grader to ever play up, I think. And of course, Renee was Donnie's sister, and and um, boy, she was multi talented. Mm-hmm. She was just a great kid. I want to talk about some of the players. A lot of these players not only were successful in high school, but went on to play college ball, Division One. Lindsey Thomas did, uh, Division Two. Uh, NAIA. There was a number of them that went to play at the University of Sioux Falls with the Courtney Farrell and Krista Orsack played there and Kristen Kono. When it came to deciding how to play college ball, what was the influence that Fred and you guys had with these girls making the decision where they wanted to play? Well, the one thing I know they all wanted to do is play. They didn't want to go someplace where they couldn't play, you know, and they, and they all wanted to win. And so I had, I think that had a lot to do with their choices. And, and most of the time it, it worked out, you know, Aaron case went down to Vermillion and USD and uh, she played down there, you know, but she, uh, she didn't, she just didn't, there was something about it that didn't work for her, but she found another place to play. And, and uh, I think I want to say Mount Marty, but I, I can't remember, but uh you know, if it didn't work at one place, they wanted to play basketball. You know, you can't forget about Ashley Peterson either. You know, she right. was volleyball star talented. too. Oh yeah, she she goes off to Penn State for crying out loud. <laughs> who was the number one team in volleyball, and she jumps right in as a freshman in place. You know, and you know another thing about Pete was she was really the only kid that we had that whenever we played Sturgis and somebody had to guard Megan Mahoney, they were built a lot alike. She caused uh, Megan fits. (laughs) Sturgis was one of those teams that was really good because of Megan. You know, she went to play Division I basketball, but Roosevelt, uh, Sturgis came in uh, at the wrong time uh, with Roosevelt making this streak, losing a couple of state championships. And in fact, it was Sturgis. Uh, I was there uh, when 111 came on the road at Sturgis. That's a night I, I, I still have a, I, I still have a t-shirt that uh, Fred had packed away someplace uh, on the, on the bench. And uh, before the game was over, there's a, if you've seen it, I've still got it in my, hanging in my office at home. But it's uh, there's Denise and Fred and myself, and we got the shirts, and somebody took a picture of that. And uh, that's a moment you'll never forget. You know, it was uh, it was awesome. And Sturgis was good. Yeah, Sturgis was really good. Yeah, Sturgis should have almost like won said. three straight titles, but the Roosevelt Rough Riders got in the way. Oh yeah, you know what. Uh, I remember one, we, I think we were down in Yankton, or I think it was Yankton, and, and we were walking around the hotel in the morning, and there was those Yankton girls in a whirlpool in the morning. 
and they had to play us in in the afternoon. Fred grabbed me. He said, "Hey, they're going to be so tired out by the middle of the second quarter that we'll have them." And uh, you know what? We we had them. I mean, it was that ball game. We couldn't have played any better. I mean, it was. I I think to this day I can't remember the final score, but it had to be one of the largest margins of a state championship game. And it wasn't that we poured it on. We just we just dominated. We were just, you know, we had twelve kids, and uh, used them all. They just went in and out. They just went in and out. And uh, I mean, uh, even if you were really in good shape and well coached, which they were, it didn't matter. We were going to beat them, you know, and we weren't going to take any prisoners. There were some that said, uh, "Well, the riders ran up the score all the time," but but you know what? Fred came back and just said, "Hey, if if you don't like it." get better. Um, and, well, that's exactly what he said. I don't know how many times we got stopped and people come up to me and say, coach, what, what, how can you got to run the score up all the time? And he says, you know, he says, I'll tell you why, because we work all summer with these kids as much as we could. And the kids all want to play. And when they get in the game, they're going to play hard. Because if they don't play hard, they're not going to get to play. So, you know, I mean, if you look at the minutes of a lot of our kids, a lot of our our varsity starting kids, um, they're not going to have a whole ton of points in their career because they don't get to play the minutes. You know, they would at another school where, you know, the starting five is going to be in there for 30, 30, 32 minutes. Well, these kids, a lot of times, because the games were way out of hand early, we took them out or we kept switching. And um, Fred always told them, you know what? Put in the time, go to the camps in the summertime, and spend as much time with your kids as we do, and you'll get better too. And you know what? It happened. People started to get better. They started to do that stuff. And you know, the competition got, got, got stronger. 1999, the basketball season is played in the fall. The season is over, but the Roosevelt Rough Riders were invited to play in Beaverton, Oregon at the Northwest Holiday Hoop Fest. When did you first hear about maybe getting a chance to go to Oregon to play basketball against some of the top teams in the, in the nation? You know, um, it was a great trip. You know, Governor Jankel just basically said, you know what, they're going to go. And I remember that, uh, you know, the basketball season had ended. So we hadn't practiced for a couple of weeks. The kids were playing volleyball or whatever. I can't remember. But uh, um, in order to practice, for every practice that we had, we had to give up a summer camp. And so Fred decided um, – okay, we, we, we better at least have, have a practice. So we <laughs> practiced, and Fred was on one side of the gym, and I was on the other side of the gym, and we'd been in there for about 45 minutes. And it was like a bunch of third-grade girls that had never played basketball before. <laughs> we, we, Fred comes over, and he says, what do you think? I said, hey, we're not going to be having many summer camps this summer. <laughs> <laughs> But you go out there and, you know and you're what? playing some of the top teams uh, in the country. 
Uh, I had the opportunity to go out there too because I was doing the we did the games on the radio for that because there was so much interest uh, that the Rough Rider girls had had brought forth on this and three games you're gonna play three games. What was the thought of your chances of of winning at least maybe a game or being competitive in that Northwest Holiday? Well, Fest? I told many people this story, but we Fred and I were getting off the plane and. Uh, he grabbed me and more or less just kind of looked at me and whispered almost. He says, Coach, he says, Jesus, I hope we I hope we can win at least one game out here. <laughs> and because uh, you know what, those those girls had been all practicing and they were in great shape and everything. And and uh, but you know what, once our kids stepped on the floor, um, it was like they'd never stopped playing. I. I I just can't tell you what it was, but uh, once they once they got that, uh, here we go. We got to get, we got to win this game. And you know, there was a lot of controversy on whether or not those games should count on the streak or whatever. Well, we weren't playing, you know, Molly Putts or whatever. We were playing good teams. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, teams that were bigger, and faster. Were, yeah. Oh, you know they they. I mean. There was this team from Georgia that had girls that were six twins. I remember them six three, six four, and and uh, but you know what? Some of those teams, the ones from Georgia and the ones from Michigan, I can still remember. They uh, they like playing a little two three zone, uh, you know, with Mandy and Krista winging them from all over the gym. Um, those zones weren't very very good against us. <laughs> What uh, was it like coming back to the Sioux Falls Airport after you had won uh, the title? It was amazing. Um, first it was of full. all, it was, the airport was full. The lobby was full of people. It was packed full of people. It was like we were returning from a, I don't know, a war or something. Was people were just smiling and happy for us, and they weren't just Roosevelt people. You know, they were Gorman people, um, Washington people. Uh, we went out there. We were representing Roosevelt High School, but we were representing girls basketball in South Dakota. And um, I think people were genuinely happy for us. I had heard stories about it was hard to get the radio. You guys were broadcasting, but people sometimes had to drive out in the country to get the radio in their cars (laughs) so they could listen to our games for crying out loud. Yeah, there was no streaming back then in 99. No, no. (laughs) But there was a lot of interest. Like Fred always said, uh, uh, our trip out there um, wasn't just good for us. It was good for South Dakota girls basketball because it showed a lot of people, you know what? A lot of college coaches, maybe we should make a trek to South Dakota once in a while and let's see. It sounds like maybe they got some pretty good pretty good girls out there, you know, and cripes sakes, now we got girls going all over the yep. country, you know. And, yep. And I think that had a lot to do with it. Well, you know that a streak is going to end at some point in time, and the win one eleven happened out in Sturgis, and the next game was going to be against Lincoln. Tell me about that night when – you know, Fred Tibbetts was out of town that game, um, and the Lincoln Patriots win the game. You knew it was going to come to well, an end at some point in time. We did. Um, you know, 
I was there that night along with Denise and Fred. Fred was, I think he was out in Vegas with his with his, with his son, which mm-hmm. was where he should have been. And, mm-hmm. and Charles was there with us. And, you know, it came right down. We, we jumped out to a really good lead and everything. And, of course, the gym was packed. And, and uh, I forget, I think we decided to play zone and should have played man-to-man, but the kid, can't think of her name right now, but she hit baseline shots, you know, and, and, uh, so that was, that was it, you know, and, and it was, it was tough, you know, I, I, I felt bad for the kids. We all felt bad for the kids and uh, we talked to them and, uh, it was difficult. I can remember just like it happened yesterday, but, uh, it was over. And, and then, uh, when I, the next game I think we played was O'Gorman, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And, You're right. Uh, and, uh, you know, they beat us that night, too. And Fred came up to me and slapped me, and he says, there, I got you off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you've been blaming yourself? Well, we lost this one, too, so <laughs> it's over. And then we just went on. How many consecutive state tournaments uh, were you involved with, Larry? Because let's face it, after Roosevelt, you went over to Washington and were Nate Melchow's assistants for a while. Well, I was really lucky. You know, Nate um, Nate was our freshman coach, um, and he sat there and picked Fred's brain and anybody else's brain that he could pick. And when he got that Washington job, you know, a lot of people thought maybe he would if you wanted to take the Roosevelt job, but you know, Nate, he, he wanted to do something on his own and brother, did he ever, I mean, I remember when I left Roosevelt, uh, Nate called me and he wanted to know if I, if I was any interest in the, in the sophomore job. And I said, you know, Nate, that's probably the stupidest question you've ever <laughs> asked me. And, uh, I got together with him and Mr. Kennedy and they hired me and, um, I don't know what would have happened to me. My wife said, that, you know, for about two weeks I was out of coaching. She didn't know what the heck she was going to do with me. She thought maybe she'd just put me out and put a bullet between my eyes because I wasn't, I wasn't a real good, nice guy to be around. But uh, no, we uh, we continued it and I ended up um, being in twelve different um, state championships, and and, and uh, fortunately I. I was in a lot of, a lot of championship games, and I remember all the wins, but I remember the losses just as quickly. You know, we had some great teams that I don't know. We we had we had I can think of three three or four teams that were undefeated and and just couldn't get past that first game. You know, but um, no, it was it was great. It was for. 20 years of my life, I, I couldn't have uh, had more fun and and um, you know, was able to coach a, a bunch of great kids and working with uh, Fred, you know, he was he was awesome. And uh, I, I can't tell you how many times he told the rest of us, you know, if practice wasn't going well, he'd be screaming at us. You know, he'd say, Jesus, all I want you guys to do is coach. We'll just stand over there, you know, and and he allowed us to coach. Um, 
And I remember numerous times, I think one night with Lindsey Thomas was uh, playing like Fred should, you know, and finally he turned to me and said, well, you culture them. I think I must have suggested some, maybe this would work, you know, and, and, but you know, we did not, we didn't hide our feelings. But one thing about Fred would, he could chew us out or chew a kid out, but then it was, that was it. That was it. It was over. You know what I mean? You got the, you got the message. You got the message you wanted you to hear. And then it's, let's get going. Let's coach, you know, so. What piece of paraphernalia do you have that you treasure the most? Maybe it's not Roosevelt. Maybe it's a Washington championship or maybe another basketball game. What, which one do you, do you have one besides the t-shirt one eleven? I think the finest moment that I remember is um, when I left Roosevelt and, uh, went over and coached with Chow. And uh, we had some young kids, and, and Chow had been there for a couple of years, and he had, he had he just took brought these kids along to the point where they were ready to win. And uh, I remember um, when I got the job, the next morning we had a basketball camp up in Madison, South Dakota. And I'm driving up there as I get the call from Washington telling me that I got the job. And then when I got to Jim and I walked in and I see all these kids and a lot of those kids I had had in, in when I was teaching Jim over at Harvey Dunn. And they were just like, well, what are you doing here? You know, you've been wearing Roosevelt stuff for all of our years that we've ever been around you, you know, and that group of kids, back in 2008, won a state championship. And I was so happy, you know, that was Chow's first on his own and and uh, Schleck and I were able to um, to be helpful, helpful. And, you know, the run, the run was going now. We had it going over at Washington. And, uh, you know, we weren't doing a lot of things the same way that we did at Roosevelt, but there was, the fundamentals were still basically the same. If Fred was still around and looked at the status of girls basketball in South Dakota, what do you think he would think? Because uh, I think it is really good across the state. Well, he would say, you know, that um, coaches nowadays are, it's different coaching now um, than the way we coached back in the day. But uh, we got kids interested in, in, in girls basketball, um, you know, uh, Lynn started it down there, you know, and Wakanda and, mm-hmm. and, uh, there was lots of, in the early days, you know, when, the, you know, the girls, girls started playing with the big basketball for crying out loud, you know, and now look at it today. I mean, jump ball, every, what. every, every, uh, tie up was a jump ball. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, it, it, it's great. It's great. I just, I miss it. Tell you what, there's, it's good. It's fun, fun to watch yep. little girls getting interested in playing basketball and spending their summers. It's, uh, it's good for them. It's good for the sport. It is hard to believe it's been 20 years since uh, the streak 
occurred with Sioux Falls Roosevelt. Some of those players now have families of their own. And it's always fun to talk about what was going on at a time where 111 wins in a row, just unbelievable, over five years, an event that most likely is not going to happen again. And during that time, of course, Fred Tibbetts was the coach, but he had some great assistants with him as well. One of those joins us now on In Play, and it's Denise Klein. And Denise, welcome to In Play. When I say 111, what immediately comes to mind about that time? It was kind of amazing at the time at 111. Um, you know, honestly, I think some of the other numbers were different. You know, it's only in hindsight did we know that that was going to be, you know, the last win of the streak. So I think at the time, the 111, you know, wasn't maybe as meaningful as maybe it was after. <laughs> that makes sense. Right. We didn't know what was happening. You know, sometimes we, we just take for granted what's going on and, you know, over right. f- four years, Roosevelt goes undefeated. It, it, it was yeah. just always undefeated in a title. I mean, what was it like during that time, uh, knowing the athletes you had at Roosevelt at that time? Well, and I think that you hit it right there, Craig, with the athletes that we had. They were really great kids. They were smart girls. They were great athletes. I was blessed to get to watch them play, you know, every day at practice. Um and the games, um, they just, they, they were good. They were, and I enjoyed every minute of it. And, uh, I think for me, um, you know, I've always taught middle school and I taught a number of those girls when they were in sixth grade. So to have taught them as sixth graders and watch them through middle school and then get to see them all summer. And, you know, I, I got to know some of those girls for a lot of years. So, you know, to watch them kind of grow up and become these, these great athletes. Um, it was, it was a joyful time. I'm telling you. <laughs> Fred Tibbetts was at Jefferson. He won five titles down there before he came to Roosevelt in 94. What were you doing when Fred was at Jefferson? Um, so I actually was at Roosevelt since it opened. Um, I did a coaching internship the first year it was open. I was a senior in college and finishing up my degree and getting ready to student teach and so I was, I coached the freshman then, and then was the assistant, uh, the JV coach the next year with Deanna Hansen. So 91, doing an internship there. And so, you know, when Fred came, I, he kind of inherited me. I was, I was there already. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's different now. We never played Jefferson, like when I was in high school, because I was a Sioux Falls girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do remember him being at the U when I played at Augie. Um, so I knew of him. I knew who he was before he came. Well, we knew that, that Fred certainly had a way to coach and how to play the game. And maybe it took players some time to get used to it. How about the assistant coaches like Larry Toft and you, even Nate Melchow? How long did it take you guys to understand what Fred was, was doing and where he was going? Well, I would say it's those first couple of years, yeah, there was some adjusting for the girls and, and the coaches. Um, but, you know, it. I don't think it took very long. We kind of figured out the way that he was and the way he coached and how we run practices. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, a lot of a lot of repetition, a lot of, you know, I think the girls could have run practice after a while sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we had a way of doing things, the way we practiced, the way we played. Um, you know, they uh, – they, but yeah, there was there was some adjusting and trying to to 
figure out things and as there always is when there's when there's change well that um, first year 1994 think, you went four and 16 yeah that was the tough one yep but yep. you're in the state tournament the following year lost, right lost yeah. in the semifinals you're in the championship game the year after that mm-hmm. lost mm-hmm. to yankton and then 1997 the streak began right you know, and I think a lot of that, and I think the other coaches would say the same, part of that is that we were all in the same system together. It didn't matter if you were the freshman, sophomore, the junior, senior. We all, we practiced all together often. You know, we ran the same things. We, we played the same way. Um, they knew the expectations. And, you know, we did a really good job in those years of, I think the rules have changed now in the day. They could play six quarters in a night and we got kids all kinds of playing time as much as we could. So, you know, they, they, um, they got a lot of time to play and they figured out the system and it was the same through the years. So as the kids worked their way through our system, it wasn't like anything was new once they hit the varsity team. What was your role during a game? You got Fred on the bench, you got Larry on the bench, you're on the bench, everyone's got their own (laughs) roles, but what was yours during a game? Oh, I was, uh, sometimes I was the calming influence with all of them. (laughs) Um, and being the only female too, um, I kept various stats. Sometimes, you know, I was at a clipboard in my hand, you know, honestly, I don't think we ever sat down and said, all right, Larry, here's what you're going to do. Denise, here's here's what you're going to do. I think it evolved, you know, there'd be times, um, I would try to remember, you know, things, um, I know Larry spent a lot of, I think he was always looking at who was going to sub in next. Yeah, it kind of, it depended on the game, I think, as we went along. Was it basketball 24-7 for you, winter, spring, summer, and fall? Especially, you know, once Roosevelt, that title in 1998, and then in 99, and then in 2000, and then in 01. I mean, during that time, was it basketball 24-7? You know, I would say we would take our breaks, but we were, we spent a lot of time in the summer. We had a lot of, you know, we had the team camps and summer camps and, you know, changed seasons there where the girl, you know, we were in the fall, mm-hmm. you know, and then it changed. So the girls would play in the winter. So that season, there was a lot of ball going on then too. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it was a lot. I don't know if it was, 24 seven necessarily for me, we would take our break in between and mm-hmm. I taught middle school. So I wasn't necessarily at Roosevelt through all of that. So if we weren't in season, I wasn't, you know, over there so much. What was yeah, it like it was... going to Beaverton, Oregon? I mean, that was 1997. You had just won. I'm sorry, 1999. 99. You yep. just went 23 and 0 third, uh, what third straight state title. Uh, this was in the fall and then all of a sudden, little controversy of having Roosevelt being invited to go out to Oregon to play against some of the top teams yeah. in the country. And it was kind of controversial, which was too bad. You know, we got invited and, you know, because we played in the different season, we had to give up some, we had to give up some things to be able to go. And, you know, we were just glad to accept the invitation, um, you know, and then when we won the first game and the second game and. You know, there was always that streak in the back of our minds just because people said, well, if you win or lose there, you know, is that going to count? And it's funny, people talked about it before we even went. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so then when we won all four of the games, it was it was like, oh, wow. You know, I don't know if we went in thinking we were going to win the whole thing. Um, but those girls, I'm telling you, um, 
they they loved it. So it was really fun. And they're such a fun group of kids, too. Um, and those games were close, and they played so hard. Uh, yeah, that was a that was fun. I will never forget, and I think this may have been in the semifinals, or maybe it was game two, I don't remember. I will never forget the shot by Renee Lukey on the free throw line. Yeah. Uh, makes a free throw, I believe, and then hit the front of the rim to have it bounce right back to her uh, to preserve the win. You know what? That's my one memory of that trip, too, that I don't think I'll ever forget. Which she did that all on her own. Again, they were smart kids. They really were. Not just basketball smart, you know. Smart, think they're always thinking. You know, for her to miss that shot on purpose and then to get her own rebound and make that basket. Yeah, we, we kind of freaked out on that one because that was, we did not see that coming. I don't know how many <laughs> times I've, I've tried that shot and I can't do it. I've never been able to get the ball to come, hit the front of the rim and come right back to me at the free throw line. Yeah, that was something special. <laughs> well, the streak eventually had to come to an end. After 2001, you went 23-0. and zero. The title over Gorman was the the fifth title in a row. What about 2002? I mean, you had to think that the t- the streak was going to come to an end at some point. Were you prepared for whenever that was going to be? I would probably say no. <laughs> mm-hmm. We didn't we didn't really talk about it, you know. Yeah, that was a shocker. That was a that was a tough one. And I think part of what it made such a shock was that, you know, that Fred wasn't there, you know, and Maybe I felt this way. I don't know. I think maybe everyone felt this way, that maybe it was kind of all of our fault, you know, that we had kind of let it down somehow. Well, I know you and, and Larry and, 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 and Chow were, were not put a lot of weight on your shoulders with that game. Yeah. You know, it wasn't even really talked about. It was just like, okay, we got another game, you know, all right. I don't think we went into it unprepared, but, I, you know, and I think, you know, we were like, all right, we got this. Yeah, that was a tough one. Not that, you know, we didn't think it was ever going to come to an end. It had to come to an end at some point. Right. But the timing of that wasn't wasn't real awesome. You know, and it was such a close game. Yeah, it was hard. That, that was that was a hard thing to, thing to get over there for a while. Then you had your own streak you know, of losing two in a row because your next game you lost to a Gorman. Right. I was going to say, you know, <laughs> then we lost the next game. And I don't know if that, you know, I could say that maybe helped a little, take a little of the sting away. Um right. Yeah, it was that was hard. It was hard. <laughs> what about the players today? Do you get a chance to run into any of the players? Uh, a number of them still live around Sioux Falls. Uh, maybe they go to state tournaments or some Roosevelt games or events that you run into. Do you, do you get a chance to see them once in a while? Yeah, I, I run into the kids every once in a while. The kids, I still call them the kids. <laughs> you know, I was thinking Lindsay Thomas went in the Hall of Fame and a bunch of the girls got together and so she came to town and that was really fun to see all of them to catch up and you know see the pictures of their kids and what they're doing now and and then to kind of reminisce oh we had a we had some good laughs and you know like some like I, Courtney Farrell's a teacher so you know you go to teacher in service and then to see Courtney around um you know it's it's kind of hard to believe it's been 20 years Denise yeah oh I know yeah don't remind me of that Craig <laughs> <laughs> They always seem like they're still 16 years old or whatever. Um, and I think that's part of when you're a teacher, you know, when you have them, when they're in your class, kids kind of stay that, they stay in that time frame for you. Yeah, it's fun. Last one for you, Denise. When you when you yeah. take a look back at that time at Roosevelt, even before Fred 
Tibbetts became the head coach and the streak and 111 and, and, and playing on after that. When you sit back and take a look at it right now, what, what was the biggest takeaway that you have of what happened 20 years ago? I just think it was all about those kids and how much fun they had and playing together and just that whole team concept and the things that you learn being on a team, how to work together. We learned how to lose tough one together. Um, you know, there was a lot of learning going on in there and uh, it was really fun along the way. The community, the fans, the parents, we had a lot of support and, um, and really it was all about those girls. And when you go to ball games today, you see a lot of girls teams play the way that Roosevelt did back in the nineties and the early two thousands. It is, uh, it was, a, it was a surprise to many, many basketball teams of the way that game was played with the Roosevelt Rough Riders. We used to run plays all the time. You know, I'm thinking about like when I was a player even, and then to go, yeah, they, they ran and they, they played the game. I think, you know, they played the game the way it should be played. You know, if you're open, shoot. <laughs> if you're not, dribble or pass it to a teammate, you know, and then go pick away somewhere. They they just learned how to how to move on the court and play together. I think that was, you know, part of the success. They did what they needed to out there. You know, they knew what was going on out on, out on the court. And, um, yeah, again, I can't stress enough how much I enjoyed watching them. Do you miss coaching today? Oh, I miss the girls. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 exhausting. As sometimes I've said to a couple of people, I don't know how I did it. I teach middle school kids. I'm an English teacher, so you know the amount of grading and the work just in my school job, and then the coaching takes a ton of time and hours, and um, so I don't miss all of that. But yeah, I miss the girls and watching them and going to practice, and we had a lot of fun. So. Uh, yeah, it'd be easy to miss that. It was it was a good time. Still hard to believe it's the 20th anniversary of the streak. Roosevelt girls basketball, 111 wins in a row. And we've talked with Larry Toft, an assistant coach under Fred Tibbetts, and Denise Klein, assistant coach under Fred Tibbetts. But there was also another for for four and a half years under Fred Tibbetts, and it was Nate Melchow. And Nate, of course, went on to become a very successful coach at Sioux Falls, Washington, won uh, at least three state titles in a, in a very short period of time, and now is uh, the assistant principal and activities director at Sioux Falls, Washington. And, Nate, welcome to Ian Play. And when I say 111, what is the first thing that comes to mind for you? Well, Craig, uh, first off, great to visit with you again here, and uh, and and what a, a fun uh, topic of discussion with uh, 111. And I think what uh, the first word that comes to mind to me is unbelievable. I mean, it it I I think it's it's a mark and a streak that uh, is reflective of of a lot of uh, great uh, players, a lot of great coaches a great community over at Roosevelt and, and just a, a, a great time for, for girls basketball over there too. And, and I, I look at that number 111 and kind of funny, I was talking with my kids a little bit about that today. They're asking, what are you going to do tonight? So I told them that uh, I was going to be visiting with you a little <laughs> bit about this. And, uh, and I told them, I, I firmly believe that's a record 
that that will not be broken. Uh, just an, an unbelievable run for Coach Tibbetts and, and his teams, and, and, and was just happy to be a part of that towards the latter part of the streak. Now, you joined uh, Fred's staff in 2001. You were there until 2005. You had joined them when the, the streak had already, well, they'd won four titles in a row already, and the streak was running pretty well. H- how did you become an assistant coach at that time under Fred? Well, it, uh, it, it started, I was up at, uh, I graduated from Concordia College in 2000, and then I was up at South Dakota State in 2000, 2001, going to uh, grad school and also uh, helping out as, as volunteer assistant with uh, Scott Nagy in the men's basketball program. And I was ending that, uh, getting close to the end of my studies and was looking for a, uh, a teaching and coaching position. And I knew Fred, uh, he had, uh, uh, helped us out coaching an AAU basketball team back in the mid nineties that his son, Nate Pivots was a part of. So I knew, uh, Fred and Nate and the family and, um, I inquired about it and threw my name in the hat. And I think within a couple of days, it was uh, I, it was all systems go. And Freddie uh, uh, was certainly uh, very generous to get me a part of uh, uh, get me on that staff and and uh, starting my coaching days uh, working with him as as an assistant coach. So that's uh, kind of where things started, and 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 just was so fortunate and. Uh, and uh, grateful to be to learn under Fred. He was the best, and uh, and and certainly still think about him him often and the influence that he had on me and others. And and that's where it started. And I uh, started coaching girls basketball with him, and 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 continued that. So so he was a great uh, a great role model and a mentor, and 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 so grateful that he got me into the game of of girls basketball. Here, Roosevelt's winning all these state championships in a row, and and you come on board as an assistant. You're in your early 20s. Did it seem a little daunting, or was it a little scary maybe at points, knowing what you were getting yourself into? Well, I was was young and basically right out of college and and, and was just looking forward to – uh, to getting with uh, a great program and working with some great coaches and was fortunate to do that with Fred and also Larry Toft and Denise Klein and the staff that we had and, and, and everything over at Roosevelt. But, you know, going in, I, 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 I had known about the success that they had and obviously known about Fred uh, playing for him in, in AAU basketball and just the excitement and energy that he brought and enthusiasm mm-hmm. to, uh, to everything. And, and and went in there and just you know the talent that was uh, in in that gym at one time. I mean, I can recall going into my first open gym and there's about 50 kids in there uh, playing and 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 getting better and and putting in the time and 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 just enjoying playing the game and and open my eyes a little bit and I'll never forget uh, uh, Fred uh, at a camp one time having me jump in there and, and, uh, and work with the posts. And I had, had just, uh, the honor of working with a post player named Lindsay Thomas, uh, who ended up being Miss Basketball, uh, that year, her senior year. And, and I, I just remember going into, into some drills and working with Lindsay and saying this, this, uh, this kid is the real deal. And, and, and also her teammates were so talented too. So, Oh, it was, it was a lot of fun and a blast. And, and, and Fred gave me a lot of responsibility and, and, and just kind of learned as I went and, and, and he was there to help and guide and just great memories. What was your role? 
uh, I was the freshman coach. So I had my, my own gym. Our, our, our practice groups were split up into two groups. So our sophomores, JVs and varsity were in the main gym with Fred, uh, Larry Toth and Denise Klein. And I was in the, in the mini gym with the freshmen. So I had my own practice group and had to write up my own practice plan and just couldn't ask for a better situation. Just having a little bit of autonomy with my own group and, and at that time, when I first came in, I was the coach of the A and B team. So one coach, and we had about twenty kids, and 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 learned how to put together practice plans and run a practice. And then, when I was done with that, I would I would go in and and help out with the older kids. And and Fred would would have me work specifically with the posts and put them through drills. And 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 I was just there as a as a young coach, just trying to soak in as much knowledge and experience as as I could, and and that was just the perfect situation to be in. What was it about Fred? What was it about him, from practices to game day, that made him the coach that he was and saw the success not only at Jefferson but at Sioux Falls Roosevelt? Well, I you know the first thing that 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 uh that drew me to to fred was that that experience playing with uh with his son nate and and playing aau basketball but just the the energy and the enthusiasm the guy just loved the game and he loved to have fun at open gym and and the style of play and and i got in there and and on offense you had a rule if you're open you shoot it and 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 the kids just thrived off of that energy and enthusiasm. And, and I always tell people too, the uh, basketball wise, one of the things I remember about Fred is I don't think I've ever been around uh, a coach who is, who has created more enthusiasm with younger kids and their families and their parents about getting them excited to play the game of basketball. And that was reflective with the open gyms that we had in there in the off season. I, I, you'd walk in and, and like I said, there'd be 50 or 60 kids in that gym in the middle of summer playing basketball and working hard to, to get better. And once you do that and you start uh, uh, developing that, that talent and that pool and, and, and he was a great scheme coach uh, as well with what we ran. I think Fred was running motion offense uh, and, and letting players play, Mm -hmm. uh, but, but teaching them those concepts and, and, and allowing players to do their thing. And, and, and show their talents out in the court and just you combine all those things but uh, the big thing was just the energy the enthusiasm and getting a collective group excited about a game and and really getting a school excited uh, about about the game of girls basketball and I think that was created and 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 it, it, it just created a perfect storm for success. Natured Roosevelt at, from 2001 to 2005, and then the Sioux Falls, Washington job becomes available. What was that like, trying to determine whether you wanted to stick around or maybe go off on your own and be a head coach somewhere else? Well, it was it was always a goal of mine to, to be a head coach. And I, I joke with people that, the situation at Roosevelt was was almost like getting another master's degree. Just being around uh, Fred and the staff, and 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 not only uh, Fred, but all the great coaches that we had there at that time. You know, I had a chance to coach with Bob Wilbur and Christy Rieger, and and uh, a lot of great uh, Brent DeBoer. Just a lot of great young coaches 
that were there at that time as well. Mark Madison was another head track coach. So, you know, just had wanted to be a head coach and, and, and the time was right. And the Washington opening came about and Fred was very supportive of me applying for that. And, and, and I know that, uh, that, that he had helped me along that route too, to, to, in the application process to get an interview and ultimately become the head coach. And, and it was, it was sad to, to leave your former players uh, because any collective group that you work with for a period of time, you become close as a group and, and, and seeing uh, those kids get better and seeing their successes and being with them during some tough times as well. So, so that was tough, but the opportunity to come over to Washington and to be on the East side with, with the tradition and everything that, that Washington has itself, uh, was was great and and really leaned on on the experiences that I had with Fred and at Roosevelt uh, to transition in that job over Washington High. What was one thing that you took with you to Washington that was all Fred Tibbetts? Just one thing was there a, was it a practice yep. or a uh, a type of the way you played the game? There had to be an influence that Fred had at least one item that you took with you. Oh, I think the biggest influence was the player development and getting kids in the gym and and working in the off season to get yourself better with your skills. And it took us a couple of years at Washington at the start, uh, you know, to get that going. But basketball, as we all know, is a game of putting in the time and getting in the gym and getting yourself better. And Fred had such a great work ethic with that and, and a great rapport with with families and, and kids to get them in. So I think that was the biggest influence uh, that I got from him. And also anytime you enter that gym, you come in with, with energy and enthusiasm, but you also come in with high expectations for kids and, and the expectation that they're going to come in and work hard. And I look back at Fred's uh, teams at, at Roosevelt and yes, there was talent and, and yes, Fred could, could scheme uh, as good as anybody, but those kids always worked hard. And that was the expectation. If you're going to come on the floor, you're going to put everything uh, uh, on all systems go and you're going to work hard. And that's, and we're going to be the hardest working team out there as well. And I think that's another thing that I took to heart that we tried to do at Washington was anytime we stepped on the floor, we wanted to, wanted to be the hardest working team around and, and uh, make our community proud. Give me one game or two during that streak of 111 when you were there at Roosevelt. That was, whoo, who got by that one? Uh, that was a close one. I mean, Roosevelt blew out a lot of teams during that streak, but there was a couple of games that that streak maybe should not have gone to 111. Well, I think the, the two games that I can think of from the first year, and this would have been the fall of 2001, uh, when we went to – the state tournament up in Huron, and this has been the last year of, of fall basketball for girls in the state of South Dakota. And we had a, I, I can't recall who we played in the first round, but I know that that was, a, I believe that was a pretty comfortable win. But when we got into semis, we played Aberdeen Central. Uh, and that ended up being a very close game. Of course, Don Seiler was the coach for, for Aberdeen uh, at that time. And I think it was a two or three point game in the semifinals. And then in the finals, we ended up playing O'Gorman, uh, who was coached by Kent Calzerud again, who's, who's still the coach there. And we ended up 
winning, I believe the final score was 36 to 29. Mm-hmm. I can remember that. Yes. After, 36. After, Roosevelt would it, score 36 in the first quarter. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and I think that's just a testament to, to the game, uh, uh, you know, the way it went that night, but the grit of the players that sometimes when the shots don't fall, we're going to play good defense, and and that's exactly what we did. O'Gorman had a great point guard in Megan Wooster, uh, who was a oh, yeah. ended up being a, a great player there and a great yeah. player in college, and yep. and and we just ended up winning that one, uh, a low scoring game, and it was and it was really really tight score throughout, and and I think we were down for a while there too. We had some foul trouble, and uh, funny story with that. I remember being on the bench and working with uh, Larry and Denise, and we're and we're subbing players out and all that. We had some players with three or four fouls. I think Renee Lukey uh, got into foul trouble a little bit early in the second half, and Fred looked at us and said, we ain't losing with our best players on the bench. So we got them right back in, and thank goodness they didn't fall out. But that's another thing I learned, too. When you get into into big games, your players got to be out there and, and, and put yourselves and your teams in the place to win. So those are things I remember, two, uh, two close games in that streak, but Fortunately, we ended up winning uh, the state championship that year, too. Following year, though, the streak did come to an end, and uh, Coach Tibbetts was out of town watching his son play in Vegas that evening when you lost to Lincoln. You were on the bench. What what was it like that night? Oh, that was uh, was a tough night. Uh, But I, I can remember vividly, Craig, starting that game and and Larry and Denise and I were 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 coaching the girls because Freddie uh, uh, had gotten uh, uh, permission to go watch his son play Luke mm-hmm. play out in Las Vegas so we knew ahead of time that that we were going to be coaching and we went in there and um, we got up early I think we were up 10 or 15 points early in the game and the memory that I have is is the cameras were there in the first quarter you know typically when you're playing a city game you get your city media and and they're coming in and they're filming or whatever. Well, they they take a little bit of, of film and then they and then they take off because they have to get back and edit and get it on the news, whatever it is. So the the film uh, the media was there for the first quarter, so we're up comfortably. Uh, they clear out and we we continue with the game, and we still had a lead, but Lincoln kept chipping away. Um, and pretty soon it's it's. Uh, a very very close game tie game whatnot in the fourth quarter and the media shows back up <laughs> so they uh they were, they were there i yeah. think people were keeping their eye on that streak and uh they must have caught wind of the score and they were back to film and and unfortunately we we lost that game and and you know all great things come to an end um and and that was tough i think it was tough on that group of kids uh, just because they were they were probably seventh or eighth graders, Craig, when that whole thing started, and and that's not an easy easy streak to put on your shoulders and keep going. But uh, it was still a great group of kids and and uh, a tough night. But in sports, sometimes you learn from that adversity and and uh, you get on, you move on to the next one. And and the next game, Craig, we got beaten that one as well too. So I don't know if, if anybody knows, a lot of people know that. But it was Plato O'Gorman. Gorman. Yeah. Plato Gorman, uh, our next game the following week. And, uh, and, and we lost that one as well. So, so yeah, those streaks are tough. And I've been around long enough to, to know uh, the significance of, of 111 and, and how tough that was. And, 
and it came to an end, but it was, uh, it is what it is. And we move on and we get better with the next one. Nate, you won three titles in nine years. And then a decision came to leave the coaching field and become an administrator at Washington. How tough a decision was that? To be honest with you, Craig, it, it, at, at that time, it, the toughest part again was leaving a group because we had a lot of uh, great young players that were coming up that had success over the, over the last couple of years or, or the first couple of years too. Uh, uh, after I'd gotten out of coaching, coach Parrish uh, did a great job with them when I was, uh, after I was done. And, and, and so that part's tough. I mean, when you leave a group of kids that, that you've been working with and you've known since they were, they were, they were little kids coming to your camps, but uh, I was ready uh, for a for a career change uh, for uh, not really I shouldn't say a career change but a role change and in moving into administration. Mm-hmm. Uh, being an activities director had always been a goal of mine, and and uh, I had I'd put a lot into uh, to the coaching uh, with my coaching staff. Fortunate to have a great support staff at at, at Washington with with Larry Toft who came over and Brett Schleck away and, and, uh, Heather Conrad, Gretchen Johnson, uh, Dana Marquardt, uh, just to name a few mm-hmm. of the Todd Alberti, just name a few of the people that, uh, that had helped out, uh, Lisa Riggs, Pete Eggstead were there. So, you know, had done that part, but, uh, working with great coaches and, and, and trying to build a program the best we could, but it was time for a change and certainly appreciate, uh, the memories of coaching, but, uh, but right now I have a, I have a position that keeps me somewhat in the game and, and, uh, just enjoy to come to work every day at Washington high school. Last one for you, Nate. How often do you talk with coach Toft to coach Klein, some of those Roosevelt players from that streak? How, how often do you get a chance to talk with those to reminisce a little well, bit? <clears throat> coach Toft, obviously. And I, uh, I, I uh, still talk quite often. Just we were we coached together at Washington uh, uh, for I believe he was on our staff when I was head coach for seven years. Uh, so worked closely with Larry during that time too, and and uh, still visit with him a little bit. I know he's enjoying retirement in in Arizona in the winter times. Of course, he calls me to remind me of the weather and uh, <laughs> or his golf uh, outing that day. But uh, but no, still talk uh, a lot of sports. Uh, you know, and everything too with Larry. So that's been, that's been special. And, and, you know, members of the staff, um, I still, uh, still see, uh, see coach Klein, coach Denise Klein at, uh, at events in the district that we have and always great to catch up with her. And, and, uh, and then the players, it's, it's funny how many that you run into in town now or, or they're, uh, they're, they're around town, they're coming to events. Maybe they have kids of their own. Um, and that's, that's a lot of fun. Uh, again, one of the best parts in teaching and coaching is 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 seeing what what your kids uh, strive to be and what they become and what they've accomplished and everything too. And and I've been out. Uh, that's been 20 years ago. So so many of these kids have moved on to to great things and to having families of their own. And and just uh, it's special when you uh, when you see them and you're able to reminisce and catch up and tell stories and like anything the stories get better every by by each year or whatever that that 15 foot jump shot becomes a 25 foot jump shot in a hurry so so it's it's good and and what a great group and what a great run. We're talking winning streaks today. 
specifically girls basketball. You know, Wakanda, the Class B powerhouse back in the late 80s, early 90s. They had 101 wins in a row, but then that got wiped out by Sioux Falls Roosevelt, who the 20th anniversary of the streak ending back in 2001 after 111 straight wins. And we've heard from some of the assistant coaches. Now it's time to talk to one of the players who was on that roster, was a part of the streak, and one of the all-time greats at Roosevelt and had a great career at the University of Sioux Falls and was the all-time rebounder, all-time point scorer for the University of Sioux Falls. We're talking with Courtney Farrell, but now Courtney Winthin and joins us on in play. Courtney, is it hard to believe it was 20 years ago that that 111 game win streak came to an end? Um, it totally is because it seems like just yesterday sometimes and anyone and everyone who likes to talk about it, I still like to talk about it, but <laughs> 20 years is, is a long time. You were at Roosevelt as a freshman, 1998. But how early did you start playing competitive basketball? Fourth grade is when we kind of started back in the day. And then um, I would play outside until two in the morning. My neighbors would say that they went to bed by the bounce of my ball. Um, Super lucky to play with some great traveling teams. I played with a couple girls that actually played at Washington High School. Um, Dave Dickmeyer was my coach. I played with Brooke Dickmeyer and Laura Hensley, um, those girls. And then... We kind of got our Roosevelt summer team going with um, Charlie Lukey coached us with Renee and Sarah Timian and Lindsay Thomas. We kind of had our traveling team Mm. there. Erin Case was another one. Um, And then kind of we just all kind of knew each other and we were just ready to head up to Roosevelt, I guess. Fred Tibbetts arrived at Roosevelt in 1994, just a couple of years before you were maybe going to get varsity action. What did you think of the Roosevelt Rough Rider girls uh, you know, before you were even a freshman in high school? Oh, my gosh. We would go watch the games, and I personally was so scared of Coach Tibbetts. Like, I was thinking, like, oh, my gosh, am I going to be able to do this? He's super intense. <laughs> These girls are super intense. Um Fun to watch them, but definitely scary being an underclassman, that's for sure. What was that first practice like as a freshman? You know, to be honest, like trying to think back, um, super competitive, but like really fun. We would do a lot of like game-like situations, playing against each other. Um, A lot of times we said like our best competition was in practice. Um, Once in a while, Coach Tibbetts would just kind of sit us down and talk about, you know, life and the game and the practices were fun, like intense for sure, because we always wanted to win and everyone was competitive. But I knew, like, my memories, we just loved being at practice. What was the locker room like before a game? Before the you, you would go out onto the court and final words from Coach Tibbetts, or maybe it was one of the assistant coaches? Locker room, depending. Um, halftime, if you weren't playing so hot, a little bit <laughs> intense. We have some veins popping out of Coach Tibbetts and some yelling, trying to get us get us going. But really, um, we would say the Lord's Prayer, kind of would slap this championship plaque he had, um, pumping each other up. A lot of times it's like, don't do anything out of the normal. Just do what we always do. Stay calm. Good words of wisdom from assistant coaches. Just a good atmosphere all in all. How soon did you get into the starting lineup once you were a freshman in high school? Pretty 
much. If I can remember, I started most games as a freshman. Um, I'm going to have to say the one loss I had, I did not start as a freshman. Um, we kind of, I don't, I feel like most of the time I did start freshman year, but I think sometimes we played, you know, a little sophomore JV, but mm-hmm. I think I started most games in high school. By 1999, okay, let's go to 1999. You'd be a junior, a junior mm-hmm. uh, in at Roosevelt, 1999, and uh, the Riders had already won their third straight title. Uh, you had defeated Sturgis, and that made it the 61st win in a row. How much talk was there about a win streak? I mean, that was 61 was unbelievable then. For sure. I was talking to Charlie Lukey about this. He was one of my coaches back in the day. Um, I can't remember if it was more pressure to keep the streak going or more pressure to keep the state championships going. I mean, I feel like a high school kid, when you have wins in the 60s, it seems like looking back now, like pretty intense. But at the time, I mean, just getting the state championships was pretty huge for us. Um, Game to game was huge. Of course, other people wanted us to lose. I mean, it's, you want to go after the underdog, and we definitely weren't the underdog. So we would have buses, carloads of people, you know, coming to our games, state championship games, cheering against us. So, but just the streak, I don't remember. Like looking back, it's so impressive. But when you're there, it's like as a high school kid, you just want to win those state championships. Let's talk about 1999. We'll keep on because that was kind of a controversial time. Uh, we're playing fall girls basketball at the time in South Dakota. It was going Mm -hmm. to change real soon, but Roosevelt gets invited to go out to Beaverton, Oregon to play four games out there. It was a little controversial because uh, some thought you shouldn't go out there. Others thought it was a great idea. I think most thought it was a great idea. I happened to find uh, the book of the trip to Beaverton, Oregon, you're a junior, you're a starter, your first game up, you're playing Lake Ridge of uh, Oregon in the Northwest Holiday Hoop Fest, and you led the scoring that game with 12. How nervous were you guys playing that first game at the Northwest Holiday Hoop Fest in Oregon? We were just super excited for the opportunity to be there and to travel that far as a team. Um, We didn't know what to expect for the games. I mean, we were playing against different competition. I mean, there was big tall girls physical exciting but yet like we weren't totally sure if it was going to count against our streak um so it it pretty much to me that I can remember was mostly like any other game Mandy Cappell Aaron Case Krista Orsak you and Lindsay Thomas were the starters you had AJ Iverson and Renee Lukey Ashley Peterson come off the bench Katie Pulford whoo there's a lot of points in those names I just just mentioned. The next get the next day you played Springfield and you win that game and you only had 7 points in that game but Mandy Cappell with 5 threes led the way with 15 points. You were a 3-point shooting team, no doubt. Yes, for sure. We had girls that loved to shoot the ball and honestly like I feel like our scoring was always so spread out just because you know we were so deep and we had so many awesome girls coming off the bench, and it was just always different who was the leading scorer. It was never, you know, kind of like the same people. The next game, um, again, you're taking on you're taking on Westview. Remember, they were trying to win this tournament for the third year in a row. They had uh, 
they had players at 6'5 and 6'2 and 5'11. And you guys go in there and you win at 71-69. Krista Orsak had five threes. Case had one. Uh, Kappel had four. You had two points in, in, in that game. But I think that was the game where Renee Lukey was at the free throw line to keep, keep you guys with the win. You remember when Lukey was at the line, the free throw line, near the end of the game, two shots, and she made the first, but then intentionally missed the second free throw, and it bounced right back at her, and you guys were able to run the clock out after that. Yes. Oh, my gosh. We give, we gave her crap about that for the longest time, just like as a young kid to do that. And I, I quite honestly don't think that was planned. I think that was kind of planned in her head, not written up on the – on the coaching board, but um, just what a play for, you know, a young girl to do in a huge game. Just, that was that was one of our best moments of the tournament for sure. Well, the next day, it's the championship. You're going against uh, Boyna out of California. They were ranked number 11 in USA Today, and they had uh, players at 6'3", 6'2", 5'10". I mean, they were all tall and physical teams, and, Roosevelt's going with Kappel at 5'7". Case is 5'5". You got Orsak at a 5'10". And then you and Thomas uh, also with some good size. Certainly you guys were outmatched, but what was it about winning that final game by three points? We were just such a physical team um, and just such a balanced team and such a deep team that, um, I don't know, to us, I'm sure we... We're used to winning. We're used to being physical. We're used to pushing each other. We're used to all relying on each other. That it just kind of was the magic thing that always worked out. I I was lucky enough to travel with with you guys because I did the games on the radio back to Sioux Falls, and I will never forget when we came back to the airport. It was totally packed for from Roosevelt fans and non Roosevelt fans to come to see you guys come back to town. Yes, which was so fun. It was just a, such a special, special part of the trip. And we so appreciated the community support. And we had, you know, anonymous money coming in and just so many people, random strangers that I still talk to today that were remember listening to it on the radio and just such a special thing to be part of. And as a high school kid, it's just, it's just a once in a lifetime thing. So in the end, you didn't lose much when you were at Roosevelt. No. <laughs> four titles, right? You had you were involved with four titles. Four yep. four of the five. What was it like though when you're traveling back from Marshall, Minnesota? You were on the uh, USF bus. You had played Southwest State coming home on a Tuesday night and hearing that the streak had ended that night as Lincoln had defeated you, the Roosevelt Rough Riders. Yeah, I mean it it was it was tough to hear. I mean we knew that it would end sometime and you know those were still my teammates still my friends so super big bummer I felt bad for them felt bad I wasn't there you know it's just such a such a big thing that you just feel so bad that it has to happen during the time you were there at Roosevelt on the team who was the one that was always trying to keep everybody motivated amongst the players oh man I think Krista Orsak was a big one, um, super smart player, intense player, kind of a serious player. Um, I, Coach Tibbetts, I mean, definitely top motivator. <laughs> Who was the jokester? Who was the one that was always freewheeling? 
<laughs> uh, uh, kind of all of us. I mean, probably me, Susan Sherman, Aaron Case. Um, I remember one time me and Susan Sherman decided to switch our shoelaces. So we had rainbow shoelaces and we showed up at a game and Coach Tibbetts was mad. He did not <laughs> like that. So that was kind of a funny thing that we laugh about now. When you think about uh, that time at Roosevelt, how did that prepare you for college at the University of Sioux Falls, your experience with the Riders? Yeah, just the level of play, even if my own teammates, just always being physical. I mean, I was undersized as a post player, so just learning being physical from our coaches and teammates and having to guard Susan Sherman and Katie Pulford and Lindsey Thomas, I mean, I had to be extra physical. So I think just the level of play from high school going into USF was so similar because, I mean, we played at Roosevelt. We were, we were the best of the best. And then taking that into college wasn't a huge transition. Well, I was lucky too, because I was doing the University of Sioux Falls women's games uh, at the time when you were at Roosevelt, along with uh, Kristen Kono and Krista Orsak. Um, it, it was a, a great fun time, but I think I've told you this before, but I don't know anyone in women's basketball who scored more from the lower left corner, fouled, and then made a free throw to make it a three-point play. You had, I don't know how many of those in your career. Well, I kind of tell people that I feel like I can easily make it when I'm like getting fouled or someone's hanging on me <laughs> rather than a wide-open layup, probably. <laughs> When the career ended, how, how tough was it to uh, walk away from, I mean, you had success at the University of Sioux Falls, all-time leading scorer and rebounder and all those state titles at Roosevelt. How tough was it to, to walk away from basketball at that time? Oh, so tough. I remember we were out of town. I don't, was it at Doan? I can't remember where it was. Um, and I remember, like, it was a last-second shot. And, of course, she drew, Katie Daly, awesome coach, she drew up the play for me, and then I ended up, I don't know. I think I got fouled, but that's hearsay. Um, and it was the last second shot. And of course I miss it going into the locker room and just knowing, you know, that that was the last experience, the last time I would be in a competitive collegiate sport. Um, I mean, I still play women's league, but definitely the end was, was really tough, especially with a loss and a bus ride home. You have a family now. You got a boy who's seven. You got a girl who's four. Is uh, your youngest going to be a player just like her mother when she gets a chance to play? You know, I think so. She kind of is a spitfire. She's a fighter. Um, she's a go-getter. She goes hard all the time. She can run for days. So <laughs> I think so. When it comes to girls basketball in South Dakota, high school girls basketball, there's a lot of teams now that play like Roosevelt did back in the uh, late 90s and the 2000s. And, you know, that, that's quite the honor, I would say, for, for Roosevelt girls basketball, a trendsetter at the time. Yeah, for sure. Playing for Coach Tibbetts and Denise Klein, Larry Toff, um, Eric Lindner, just, just super lucky, super blessed to be a part of it. That era of my life I'm just so proud about. I love to talk about, reminisce about. Just I'm lucky that it was me and I got to be in that situation and we had that success and, I can talk to my kids about it, and I talk every time I'm a PE teacher. So the basketball unit, it's always a big thing that we talk about, and I tell them that they can have the same dreams as I had, and just such a lucky time to be in, you know?
If you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us gain new listeners. This has been In Play with me, Craig Maddock. This is a production of South Dakota Public Broadcasting.